Break On. I'm Paul Ciampanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a music-related topic, then we watch YouTube clips about the topic and talk about them. And if you go to musicraygun.com, you'll find a video playlist for this and every episode so you can see what we're talking about. And that's a big part of the fun, I think. It's all, almost all the fun. People should go. If you listen to the episode all the way through, when you're done, go to musicraygun.com slash playlists. Watch the videos. Do it. Or do it before you listen to the episode. You do you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said we always pick a topic, mm -hmm. but uh, not always. Not Sometimes always. we do grab bags. Yep. Uh, and there's another tradition that we've established yep. before where every 13 weeks we take a look back yeah. at the topics we've done in the past and pick out one more video yep. for each of those old topics. And what do we call those episodes? We call those episodes B-Sides. Those are our B-Sides. We're doing episodes. the nice B-Sides. B-Sides 3. 3. Yep. I like B-sides because a lot of it, this is what will be mostly what I'm doing tonight, mm -hmm. is I forgot something. I need to make it. I need to feel like I need to make amends. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, I'll be I'll be totally transparent. Some of them, I don't know what the, the B-side is going to be and mm -hmm. I have to think about it and pick yeah. something. But some of them are definitely like literally the day after <laughs> we record an episode, I'll be like, oh, I totally yep. should have what we, we should have had this yep. or I might even – have already put a video aside in my queue of, you know, to be used later yes. videos and then forgotten it was there. Yep. There's going to be one like that tonight that I was really furious with myself I didn't include. That's what's great about the show. You can make amends. Yeah. Um, well, should we run down what we're going to talk about or should we just let it unfold? Let's let it unfold okay. and talk about it in the moment. Uh, our last B-Sides episode was episode 26. So before we get into the official yes. B-sides for this episode, there's one. There's a bonus. You wanted to go back to a slightly older episode. Yes. I had to make a big amends in my mind. Yeah. In B-sides 2, you had a B-side for our funk episode, which was 25. Yes. There's you, you feel really badly you told me that there's another band that you neglected to cover for funk. So we're going to have a little bonus to start off. Bonus, yes, because I, I, I felt very bad because they're one of my favorite bands, my top five favorite artists. Yeah. And that's Earth, Wind & Fire. Yeah. Um, and, and we talked about them in our disco episode. I yeah. Think, but yeah, we didn't have it in the disco episode, I don't believe. Oh, no? Was it no. a disco B-side? Mm -hmm. No, I don't think we've ever. I'm not sure if we've had Earth we, and Fire on. Yeah, we, well, we watched Soul Train Line to September, I think. Well, maybe we did. Yeah, uh, but we haven't had them on, and I'm sure we'll have them. We on haven't yet. seen them. We haven't before. seen them. Right, right. And this is a great live video of. This is something that they've called. This is their like. They call this the Earth Wind and Fire National Anthem. Really? Yes, that's the way of the world. I'm ashamed to say I don't think I know this song. It's. This version, the live version is better than the uh, original. The original is a little bit slower. This is a little bit funkier, a little bit more up-tempo. Okay. And Earth, Wind & Fire to me is uh, the definition of joyful noise. Like I, I know exactly what you mean. I yeah. mean, they're, they're great. Everyone cross-generation yes. really loves them. If you don't like them, then there's. I'm going to go ahead and say there's something wrong. You have you. shit inside of your heart. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, and that is true because yeah. I'm like – there are times I'll put on Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I'll be like, things are okay. Yeah. Things are all right. We're doing okay. They're real positive. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and and it's all very genuine. So uh, this is from – and there's some good stuff in this. Do you know what year this performance 75. Okay. You, maybe you know it, maybe you don't. It's not one of the big disco hits. 
Lots of uh, chimes in this yeah. opening. Uh, so, have you heard this? No, I don't think so. Uh, this is... Uh, it just makes me feel good. Yes, I do, Maurice White. I feel very good. R.I.P. Maurice White. Um, so, this is actually from a movie okay. that I forgot about from 75 called That's the Way of the World. Oh, never heard of that either. I've never seen it. I only know about it. Earth, Wind, and Fire is in the movie as a group called The Group. Oh. And they have this and I think Shining Star on that album. And it's a real 70s movie. It's kind of a drama D-ish about the record business and about like the, you know, evil, you know, nefarious ways of the music industry. Starring Harvey Keitel. Holy shit, I was going to ask you if there were any big name actors. Harvey Keitel is the only big actor in it. Very young Harvey Keitel playing like a Is this a pre-Mean Streets Harvey Keitel? I'm not sure when Mean Streets came out. I can't remember. We can look it up. That, that's, that's the way the world is from 1975. Yeah, that's when this. That's when the movie came out. And that's when the soundtrack came out. Okay. I thought Mean Streets was Harvey Keitel's first movie. I thought he was early. Well, me, yeah. I think Mean Streets was like 73. You got it. Yeah. I just okay. looked it up in 73. Yeah. Yep. So he did this uh, movie called That's Where the World Earth Wind and Fire. It didn't. It wasn't a huge movie. It's more iconic because of Earth Wind and Fire. Yeah. Um, you can see it on on YouTube, bits and pieces of it. But this is the Earth, Wind, and Fire national anthem. Self-described or critic? Self-described. I think, in fact, I think he even says it in this live version. Oh, look at the audience! The audience is just the audience is just down. They're down for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you notice? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that we've gotten uh, to the hook, I recognize you. this. Yes. Yeah. That that's the hook. And, uh, yep, there's a young Philip Bailey and a young Reese Thomas, Reese White, excuse me, uh, singing together. And I read the Philip Bailey uh, autobiography. Yeah. And he's so, like, Maurice White was, like, my older brother who I looked up to forever. Yeah. Like, he, they were really just, like, look at it, they're, like, arm in arm right now. Yeah. But they were, like, there was, like, this young, uh, big brother, young brother, like, dynamic. What's the age difference between them? Uh, at least probably seven years. Like, yeah. Philip Bailey was really young. Earth, Wind, and Fire started in 70 mm-hmm. with a bassist and Maurice in Chicago, out of Chicago, basically Maurice and Verdine White, the bassist, the brothers. And then two years later, Philip Bailey came out. So, uh, and they were all like, oh, he's the young little kid. He must have been like 19. Yeah. So I think, I think Maurice was maybe in his mid 20s by then. <laughs> Real paternal yes. guy in his mid twenties. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. But what's also great about Earth and Fire? I was going to this for a second. There's Verdine. But they um, there's really only three remaining from 1972, mm-hmm. which is uh, Verdine White, uh, uh, Philip Bailey, and then another guy, percussion guy. Lesson Johnson, I can't remember the name. But they still exist and tour around them. They still exist as a band. Yeah. Like so, here's what's even more fascinating: is their, their, the rest of the band have been around since 2001. So okay. they've even been with them all. And then yeah. there's a guy, one guy in there that's been with them since '96. All right. Um, the funny thing is, you say 2001, and I'm like. 
that's not that long, but it's almost 20 years. Yeah, so. it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they've been around since I was born, mm. and they've still. Uh, this is like one of the few times I'm like, oh, a good guitar solo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm real picky with guitar solos. Yeah. This one's because it fits in with the rhythm and everything. Yeah. But they, um, they, what I love about them too is they're also that nowadays they think of who they are. They're like, yeah, we'll play wherever. Yeah. Who wants to play the Rose Bowl? Act, but that's yeah. fine. They're like, yeah. do you want to play the Rose Bowl parade? Yeah, we'll play the Rose Bowl parade. <laughs> do you need to hear September? Yeah, we'll play September. Of course you're going to play September. Yeah, we don't care. We will play the music that we love to play. Yeah. And that, I that always am a big fan of, of that attitude in life. I think I mentioned this before on the show, but if not, I just like this tidbit that the woman who co-wrote September also wrote uh, Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters and the theme song for Friends. That you that so I forgot about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love Neutron Dance. Neutron Dance is amazing. Yes. Friends, that's a point But Neutron Dance is. Oh, we need to put some pointers on. Pointers on. Yeah. They're great. Um, this is good guitar Yeah, it is a great. I mean, this is them, 75. They're all in their mid 20s. They're all young. They're all just killing it. Yeah. And they're, I mean, here's what I like about Earth, Wind, and Fire live clips is it's always a party. Yep. But it's not like a P-Funk show where it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Where if you're not like, this is a party that you can still, if you want to chill, yes. you can chill. But if you want to dance and wild out a little bit, you can do that too. Yep. And it's, it's all it's all good. It's all it's all gravy with those in the fire. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like we're all here together. We're all inclusive. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, besides from the music, it's that's the vibe. Like Earth, Wind, and Fire is pot, and P-Funk is like LSD. Yeah, like I don't want like. I'll, you know, drop LSD every once in a while, but oh yeah, but it's a little, you know, yeah, it's yeah. a special occasion. I have, uh, yeah, I have gotten high on Earth and Fire, and it's everything you think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and I'm not talking about, I mean, the actual like the live show. Experience. Yes, yeah, I would have loved that. I've never seen them in concert. That would have oh, been no? great. I'm no. surprised that you have. I know, I kind of failed. Um, <laughs> but I have like I have their three. Uh, I still have a CD player. Believe it or not, I refuse to give it up. Okay. Uh, and at least two or three times a month, I would play this song. Okay. Just because, just, and is this for Just to feel good. Just to feel good. Just to feel good. I've, I've made my kids get into Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> and now they dig it too. Oh, my, par- my parents love Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, and like you said, you, you have shit in your blood if you can't like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you not? They're, they're everything. Yeah. They're just happiness. And a huge, there's so many people in the band. Yeah, and if you uh, go on Wikipedia yeah. and look at like everyone who's been in the band, it's oh, like, it's one of those. Yeah, it's like thirty people. on Wikipedia where it says like current members yep. and then past members and the past member yeah. list stretches the yes. span of the article. It's yeah, insane. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's it's so like cool. their show closer. Yeah. When did he die? He died 2016. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, Parkinson's, I believe. Uh, yeah. Um, who, uh, yeah, okay. Now, let's get into our B-Sides proper. B-Sides proper, yeah. The uh, episode that came after our last B-Sides mm-hmm. was our Minneapolis episode. Yes. Episode 27. Yeah. So you selected a Minneapolis B-Side, which will surprise no one, but that's fine <laughs> because <laughs> we're always in the mood for Prince. Yes. Uh, I picked uh, the time doing their song Release It from the movie Graffiti Bridge. Right. 
Um, now, because you mentioned Graffiti Bridge in our last episode, the Quincy Jones episode, yes. I just have to ask, are we going to see Tevin Campbell in this clip? We are not going to see Tevin Campbell. Okay, so. that's fine. I yeah. just want to, he's nope, not there from Minneapolis. He's not from Minneapolis. But I, I put this on because I screwed up during that episode. You actually hear me because there's one moment where I go, oh, oh, it's that one. Uh-huh. I put uh, – I, I had written down time release at Graffiti Bridge in our email. Uh-huh. But I had mistakenly given you the link to Sheena Easton's Sugar Walls. Oh, okay. I messed up. Like I meant to – I just I, – I think I tried to change it around because I, I originally had Sheena Easton in there. And I was like, eh, she's Scottish. Oh, she really shouldn't. So that's actually that was supposed to be the B side. Was yes. the Sheena Easton clip? The, no, the B. The yes, exactly. Right. You the time was to supposed that. to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I completely like switched them. Okay. So I was like, oh, I got to make this happen. Um, that's so th- fine. This so is we we watched the trailer for Graffiti Br- Bridge in our very first episode. That was one of our clips. For oh yeah. Prince episode. Yeah. Um, but this is new, and is this. A music video or a clip from the movie? This is a clip from the movie of uh, the time doing the performance, release it. And it's very time-like. So this is 1990. But this wasn't a single or anything? Not really. It didn't hit as a single. But it's the best song on Christine Bridge. Okay, that's... This is real funny. Better than Thieves in the Temple. Tied with joy and repetition. It's worth repeating. We did mention it in our very first episode, but for anyone who doesn't know, Graffiti Bridge is a sequel to. I have a whole story about that. Yes, it is a sequel. In it's a it was a spiritual sequel. Well, doesn't does I've never seen Graffiti Bridge, so I don't know. But doesn't Prince play the kid? Doesn't he play the same character? Yes, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, but they play the whole premise of this is they're club owners. Yeah. And their rival club owners, and their Morris Day and and, and, and Prince. Prince, and they are vying for the affection, sort of, of Ingrid Chavez. Okay, um, who's horrible in this movie? <laughs> this movie makes zero sense. Well, Purple Rain doesn't make a ton of sense, but at least you can figure it out. Yeah, and I have a very soft spot for Under the Cherry Moon. Yeah. People hate on it, but I'm like, it's a noble effort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's Jimmy Jam. Or Terry Lewis, rather. There's Prince looking sad. So basically what has happened in this scene is that this is Prince's club, and Morris has come in and bum-rushed him to take it over and to show them what a real club should be like. Okay. And then he's doing Release It. Now what makes me laugh is Release It was written and produced all by Prince. He of course did, it was. He did all the music for it and said, Morris, this is how you will sing this song. Yeah. <laughs> But it's real funky, um, and, uh, and Morris Day can sell a song. He can but. sell anything. It's funny because he does the Prince character of Morris. Prince had a specific image of how Morris should act, yeah. and essentially Morris is doing a imitation of Prince being a cocky guy. Yeah. But Morris doesn't bet. Right. This is really <laughs> weird. Like, this is the thing where they're just like just walking around the stage together in unison as the crowd sings Go Morris. Um, yeah, this wasn't really... Was a great unit. Like, they're yes. Great, yeah. Yes. And it was one of those things... Here's how this all went down, apparently, which is the best story ever. So, um... 
and this is like so now he's gotten all the crowd to leave Prince's uh, club to go to his club yeah and then the last image is Prince looking forlorn right there yeah there's been a lot of shots of Prince looking forlorn in that clip he's sad yeah. but the whole the whole background of, of uh, Graffiti Bridge was Batman came out well, right it was huge yeah. huge well, however you feel about the album huge album made tons of money Prince goes to Warner Brothers Hey, I want to do a, a sequel to uh, Purple Rain with me and Morris's dueling nightclub owners. And apparently, Warner Brothers goes, yes, fuck yeah, we're going to do that. Right. Let's do it right now. And Prince goes, great. Here's an outline. And they go, great. Let's get a writer on it. We'll do it. And Prince goes, no, I'm shooting that. And they're like, no, this, is a, this isn't a script. It's they outline. shot the treatment? Yeah. Like- <laughs> and Prince goes, no, no, no. I'm shooting this. Yeah. And apparently, Warner Brothers goes, no. No, you're not. Yeah. Not with our money. So Prince paid for this movie. Okay. Um, Warner Brothers just paid for distribution and uh, and marketing and everything. Yeah. But the actual physical production, Prince paid for. And they did it Curb Your Enthusiasm style. It's improv. <laughs> it's imp- it makes no <laughs> sense. It was all shot. There's no exteriors. It's mm-hmm. all shot on Paisley Park in a studio. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. yeah. It has that feel. Yeah. Except for one scene where he's on his motorcycle in L.A. And then that's it. Okay. It's really just bizarre. Yeah. Um, but he, he he reunited the time for this. And then the time right around this time came out with Pandemonium, which had the song Jerk Out, uh, which was a big hit for them. Um, and uh, apparently the best is Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were like, yeah, we'll reunite because they were already huge then. They didn't need the money. They didn't need anything. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, sure, it's fun. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. But uh, yeah, that, so I, I put that in because it was a mistake of I meant to put this in earlier. Well, I'm glad you did. Yes, me too. Um, we will add Graffiti Bridge to our list of movies that someday when we do some sort of movie <laughs> yes. podcast, it's music movie podcast spinoff. If you do a back-to-back of like Under the Cherry Moon to <laughs> Graffiti Bridge, you go, Under the Cherry Moon's not bad. Yeah, okay. compared to Graffiti Bridge. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but you've got to watch Graffiti Bridge first. Yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah. To appreciate it. Um, they used to show Under the Cherry Moon on VH1. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, I never sat through it. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you. It's got its sometimes charm. Yeah. Okay, I have a pick for the next uh, clip, which is a B-side from episode 28, which was our Madonna episode. Yeah. And this is one where... I didn't have a B-side ready. I kind of went back and forth between a few different things before I just decided, let's just watch the video for Cherish. Because Cherish is fucking great. Well, here's the thing. Like, I just sort of, it's the last one I picked for this episode. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, just do Cherish. Yeah. Uh, and in large part, I was like, I want to do Cherish as context for a future Janet Jackson episode that we're definitely going to do mm-hmm. for when we talk about the Love Will Never Do video, yeah. which was also directed yes. by Herb Ritz. Yeah. And all his videos look the same and yes. have a lot in common. So this is originally, I was just like, this will just be context for when we talk about Love Will Never Do sometime in the future. <laughs> no, but then good. I watched the video and I forgot how good Cherish is. Yeah. How weird and interesting uh, the video for it is. And I have in front of me, if you look, more than one page of notes on Oh, this is Cherish. fantastic. So I have so much to say because I started researching it and I was like, oh my God. So, um, yeah. So let's, let's I'm just going to let you spit hot fire. Yeah. Herb Ritz uh, directed it. Mm-hmm. Famous photographer. Yeah. Uh, it was the first video he directed. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. He, Madonna liked him. He had photographed the album cover for True Blue. Mm-hmm. Cherishes off of Like a Prayer. 
which yes. the album after True Blood. Yes. So she was like, uh, Herb Ritz, I want you to direct my next video. And he was like, I'm a photographer. I don't know anything about film. I don't know how to direct a yeah. music video. And she was like, well, you have a few weeks to learn. <laughs> which I'm is Mad- the most Madonna yes. thing you can say. Because I'm Madonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is both Madonna being cocky, like, I get what I want. Yeah. And also, like, I believe in you. Yeah, Herb. like, you can do it. Yeah, like, yeah. you're the best. Yeah. And so I know that you can do this. Uh, he made a classic music video. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, which they shot in Malibu on July 22nd, 1989. Oh, my God. So almost 30 years ago. Wow. 29 years Wow. Ago. Yeah. Um, but I was saying, like, uh, his videos, his videos look like his photographs. Yeah. Mostly black and white. Yep. Uh, lots of outdoors settings. Yep. Lots of beaches or deserts. Yep. Um, so this, like, this video is on the beach. The Chris Isaac video for Wicked Game, oh, which is very God, that's famous, right. is on the beach. Too. Yeah. Very similarly. Boy, Love, he, he knows sexy. Yeah, he makes, knows sexy. Yeah, he knows how to make... Yeah. Well, he it's not like the people he's working with aren't already <laughs> yeah, sexy. That's true. Yeah, he's already playing with a full deck. So. But yeah, he can turn sexiness up to 11 Yeah, on Yeah, exactly. Uh, then there's also the uh, In the Closet video for Michael. Oh my God, yeah, those are all so very similar. Holy shit. That one's not black and white, though. It's all sepia tone, which is slightly. Oh, different. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Love Will Never Do isn't a beach. I think they're out in the middle of like a desert. Yeah, they're in the desert. But it's very yeah. similar look. That's that's the number one for me. That's... Yeah. This is, uh, like a person, this is 1989. Wicked Game and Love Will Never Do, both of those videos dropped within months of each other in 90 or 91. Oh God, so yeah. those were both yeah. now and big at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I thought in my head that Herb Ritz did way more videos because all of those are so iconic. Yeah. But th- those are mostly it. It's so funny. I don't think he ever did a movie either. Like you would figure like someone's yeah, like, hey, you can do a movie now. What well, movie he was, he was do? a photographer. Yeah. These are moving yeah. photography in the true sense of the word. Um, but yeah, let's watch. And this is also, this song is like, to me, the last song, the last early period Madonna song, the last like pure fun yeah. pop yeah. before she settled into just taking herself totally seriously. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. This is easily my favorite track on I, The Prince. Yeah, I even more than express yourself. Oh, okay, I, I like I'll, cherry. I'll take express yourself. Yeah, but um, I think we had this conversation. I think I asked you if you like this song. Oh wait, did I ask you or like, what do you like more, this or True Blue? No, I think you asked. I don't remember. There was some question like that. I think we asked each other like favorite Janet Jackson. Yeah. Okay. You know, it might have been my friend Mike, and he's like, "Oh, True Blue's way better." I was like, "Fuck you, you're stupid." <laughs> Cherish is better. Cherish is amazing. Cherish is great. Yeah. It's so it's so. It's got such a hook. I love. I mean, I love pop music, man. I don't like. It's it's bright and it's sunny and yeah. it's bubblegummy, but it's not treacly and yeah. Sappy. Like I don't like sap. Yeah. But I do love pop. Yeah. And this is just just this is pop. pure pop. Yeah. This is purely wonderfully perfected pop. Yeah. So this is a weird video where she's just sort of playing on the beach. And then there are mermen. There yeah. are sexy mermen. <laughs> sexy because why not? Right, because Herbert's is like, I like sexy dudes, yeah. and let's make them mer people. Like, wow. Three of them, there's four of them, I think. Yeah. There's three or four of them. One of them is Tony Ward. Tony Ward, who's a model who Madonna dated for. Okay. And the rest of them are water polo players from Pepperdine. Got, oh, well, yeah, because water polo right. players are fucking shredded. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
So this very Herb Rissy, like... Yes. It's interesting because it, it objective... Like, Madonna is peak sexy. And, yes. And then also the dudes are incredibly sexy. Yeah. It's got something for everybody to objectify. You can justify everyone. I love, yeah. too, how her hair is quote-unquote messy. Right. It's perfectly messy, and it's so sexy. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she is really great. So like I said, I did some research into this. Yeah. And I ended up finding a couple of scholarly essays about the video for about, Cherish. Like, like the meaning of it? Well, I'll tell you. The oh, first yeah. one, I wasn't able to actually find that. I found that it existed, but it's behind a paywall. Oh, yeah. So I couldn't read it, but it's called Desire Caught by Its Tail, colon, The Unlikely Return of the Merman in Madonna's Cherish. <laughs> Which is written by Professor Philip Hayward of the University of Technology, Sydney. What? He is a research specialist in island and maritime cultures and also in aspects of media representations of related issues. And uh, if you want to read more about his work in that area and Cherry specifically, check out his book, Making a Splash, colon, Mermaids and Mermen in 20th and 21st Century oh. Audiovisual Media. <laughs> Someone buy that and email us about it. Right. But I wasn't able to actually read that essay, which is like six or seven pages long in some journal from the early 90s. Yeah. Uh, There's another uh, academic essay about the Cherish video called The Aesthetics of Music Video, colon, An Analysis of Madonna's Cherish by Dr. Carol Vernalis. It's 33 pages long. I found a PDF and read the whole thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did you have to force yourself or was it absorbed? No, I found... Oh, did I have to force myself to read it? Yeah, or was Parts it Parts of it I did because the, yeah. the middle section of the essay is very granular with the musical composition of the song, which we mentioned on the Quimby Notes episode. Yeah. It's, it's like math to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's from an academic journal for... Of, called pop music and it's very it's written for people who understand music way more than I do yeah. so that part was a little dense for me but the end was more of a textual reading of the video mm-hmm. in light of the music I'm not going to get into the yeah. thesis because it's 33 pages yeah, exactly. text about a four minute pop video <laughs> yes uh, but I will make some points from what I gathered from. and I want to read a, a section of the of the of the essay Please. that I thought was good because the other there's there's three uh, basic characters in the video Madonna herself mm-hmm. the merman who we mentioned and then a little boy yes I just noticed him now for the first time at the end of this video right I forgot all about it the little boy in the video is sometimes a human boy and he plays around with Madonna mm-hmm. on the beach and sometimes he's a mer boy and he's got like a flute and the mermen yeah. play with him and none of it really makes sense. But it's a music video. It doesn't need to make narrative sense. No. It just needs to make music video sense. Exactly. Which is largely the thesis of this essay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Solid. But I did I did take an excerpt that I want okay. to read because it's, it's about what the video is about. It says, Cherish is similar to many videos of a certain type in which there are moments that suggest a storyline. In other words, there really is no storyline. Yeah. It just sort of makes very broad strokes. Yeah. In such videos, these moments function more like hooks than like parts of a story. We're carried between these narrative moments by the ultimately more important play of movement and texture. With this understanding of narrative in mind, one can suggest several possible plot lines for the Cherish video. <laughs> and then she, in fact, suggests seven possible oh plot lines. Oh my god. So here are seven yes. 
Give me possible plot lines right. for the video that does not really have any storyline, but shows Madonna cavorting on the beach and getting wet. Yep. Uh, water polo players playing mermen yep. swimming under the water, and there's some cool underwater shots. Yes. And then a young boy. Yeah. Who is both a human boy and a mer boy. Yes. And that's up to You've you to just described why. the video. Right. Here are seven possible plots. Let me see if I buy any of these. Number one. A community gives birth to a child and turns him and turns him over to a woman for instruction about culture. The child is later returned to the nurturing community. I'm not going to say no to that at yeah, all. Okay. Number two, Madonna and the Mermen give birth to and raise a male child. Nah. Okay. Number three, Madonna imagines a love affair with a merman and transforms one of them into a child whom she whom she can love and nurture. Like a Jacob's Ladder scenario? I, I, that's all it says, okay. man. All right, maybe, she, maybe. Not that she's imagining the merman, but she imagines a love affair with the merman. So the merman are real. They are there. So maybe she's on the beach sunbathing and she sees... And she imagines a love affair with them and then she actually transforms one of them into a child for her to love and nurture. <sighs> that one's real, like, kind of abstract. Yeah. And I like yeah. that one. I like that so one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to buy that one. Okay. There are more options. All right. <laughs> Number four. The child is Madonna's son, and the mermen are merely imagined. No, that's no Okay, fun. that's too boring. Yeah. Uh, number five. The child is a member of a family that will not shield him from adult expressions of sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! This, is, this next one is real straightforward. <laughs> Madonna steals both power and a child from the gay community. <laughs> oh my god and finally oh. number seven the child cannot fit into human society cherish is a kind of coming out story and the mother is supportive Ooh, that's good too yeah i go one or seven yeah one or yeah. seven i really like those <laughs> wow who's this again? this doctor knows their stuff this is uh i think i wrote her credits down let me shuffle my papers because i have so many here Dr. Carol Vernalis. She's published a great deal of work on music video and audio vis visual aesthetics. Uh, and she's done a lot of work, but I found this 33-page essay <laughs> about Cherish that breaks the video down to its fucking subatomic yeah. particles. No, one or seven, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. Yeah. I'm down for it. Yeah. Wow. I, and because I was like... I just played the song on a loop while I read it. And it took me a while to get there. I've listened to Cherish so many times in the past couple of days, and I'm not nearly close to being sick of it. No. It's great. Now, have you – you probably even watched it more recently than I have. Yeah. Sometimes when you're watching it, you're like, yeah, yeah, this is right. This is it. I mean, the, the, the essay takes it frame by frame and shows you little things about, like, you know, when the uh, when the bar – when the notes in the bars go up, look how the – the merman in this shot crests just oh, like the music God. does and like really breaks down the video frame by frame and the music note by note and how they play together. Wow. It's, it's amazing. That's yeah. fucking great. I have never, now I have never looked at any music video as closely as I have looked <laughs> at the video for no, Cherish when no. I found this essay. Oh, but and it, I'll post a link to it. With yes, on, on our website on musicraygun.com if anybody I don't imagine anybody will take the time that I took <laughs> to, it. to read this essay be a fan <laughs> I mean the thing is it's 
I'll give you an example. Let's look at the yeah, first do verse. It. It, it, my, initially, I, I want to be like, oh, shut the fuck up, whoever you are. But I go, no, no, no. This makes sense. Yeah. I don't want to – I'm not shitting on it because I go, no, I can see it. There's little – like I, I don't even know if I can remember exactly how she puts it. But the way that um, you know, the music in the verse lifts and yeah. when, it's, when it's grounded in lower notes, we see Madonna kind of – crouching on the beach like mm-hmm. she literally is more grounded as a character and then uh at the end of the first verse you see how she's sort of like yeah. when the when the, now she's sort of standing up and it's, the music's picking up again <laughs> and she's standing up and now as it goes into the last line of the verse when she goes way high to like a d4 now we see like literally a cresting merman. Oh, it looks yeah. like he's flying and we're sort of taking off with the music. Right? And now it the, now the verse resolves itself, she's back on the sand, and there's a fade to black. Yes. As we go into the chorus. And then so, back to them to them to the cresting merman. Right. So it really breaks down how the how the video it talks about, you know. Like film is very, you stand outside mm-hmm. uh, a scene and it makes visual sense and it moves left to right. Mm-hmm. But music videos, because um, they're more formalistic and mm-hmm. they're trying to illustrate music and it, it, there's, it's sort of impossible to actually be narrative yeah. that music videos become like visual music. Yeah, absolutely. A music video. Oh my god! And and that's the kind of the thesis statement, and and it gets really really in depth. Obviously. Yeah, I mean it's so, I, it, no joke. It's fascinating. It really was fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So because uh, because you 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 want to go no shut up, but then you see the video, you're like no wait that's happening. Yeah, yeah. It it great. It just breaks everything down. It breaks yeah. down every visual. Like obviously, there's seven possible plot points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, oh, I got I got way. I, I originally was just like I don't know what to do for the Madonna B side. We'll just watch Cherish because it's good. And then I wanted to find a few facts, and I ended up going into the deepest rabbit yeah. hole I've ever. You, found. That's a how how long do you think you spent time? Hours. <laughs> Hours. Because yes. I'm a slow reader, and I really wanted to absorb. Oh it. my god! And it wasn't you know it wasn't like a pop article. It was no. A, it it's was research. A, it was in an academic journal. Yeah. About pop music that I found. That's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> you're like I did it I did I've, it I mean I've been literally obsessed with the Cherish video for the past two days I I, I, I can see why <laughs> oh my god well, I was delightful one more thing I want to mention before we go I found a quote from Madonna on what it's like to work with her Brits mm-hmm. and I wanted to read that too because uh, it's a, more, a little more it's a little lighter than the, <laughs> the, than the, the academic birthing of a child she said what does it mean to get herbified it goes a little something like this he talks you into going to the beach. Then he talks you into taking off your clothes. He talks you into dancing and frolicking in the sand like an idiot. He talks you into getting into the freezing cold ocean because they shot this in winter. <laughs> L.A. winter, but still. Still, the Pacific's cold. And before you know it, you have a sunburn and you're freezing your ass off and you're sure you've just made a huge fool of yourself. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. The, the, just the, the contrast between her interpretation of that was the video to the interpretation <laughs> right. of this doctor who's like, this is what this video means. Yeah. Well, she didn't film it. She didn't edit no. it. Yeah. No, which is great. It's not her story. But yeah. it's just Madonna going, yeah, I fucking filmed this video on the beach. Yeah. I got summer and it was cold. I guess it looks cool. But also just to know that she was freezing cold and wet this whole time. Yeah. And 
insanely uncomfortable. And you don't see that for no, a second. Because she's, she's a total pro yeah, all the time. She's fucking master of her craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> no, I, I, Dude, so. I mean, no joke. After reading that, I, we could have done a whole episode yeah. just about Cherry. Which would have been hysterical. Explain the article. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Even that would have been three hours <laughs> yeah. long. But let's move on to our next piece. All right. Uh, which is from our hip hop from 1992 yep. to 93 episode. And you chose a music video yep. for this that I didn't expect <laughs> because it's the last single yes. from a certain album yep. and a sort of a lesser known one. It is a lesser known one. It wasn't as big a, as a hit as the other three. No, it was not. But I love this, this album a, Yep, and I love this song. Yes, this is TLC's Hat to the Back. Hat. <laughs> Hat number two. Yeah. The back. back, hat to the back. It's this is my tied for my favorite TLC song. Okay, uh, number one, it's tied with Creep. I'm a huge Creep fan. I maintain this is from their debut album, yes. Ooh on the TLC Tip, which is great. Had Ain't Too Proud to Beg, Baby, 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 and my favorite TLC song, What About Your Friends? That's a jam. Oh, yeah. that's your friend. That's my favorite. Nice. I think that is peak. That song is peak New Jack Swing. This album is peak New yeah. Jack Swing. You may disagree because Teddy Riley's not involved. I, I can see how it's looped in. We'll have a long conversation about this. About, what, I, New Jack about what I think is New Jack Swing. But it is the face. It. It's Babyface and yeah. it's L.A. Reid. Yeah. It's New Jack Swing It's for New sure. Jack Swing for sure, yes. But uh, I, I think their first album is by far their best. I, I don't think Crazy Sexy Cool holds up that much. I think it holds up, but it, it's holding up. On the two pillars of Waterfall and Creep. See, you didn't even name my favorite song from the Red album. Light Special? Red Light Special. It's good. I, I don't think it's as good as those two. I think this New Jack Swing album sounds dated in the sense that New Jack Swing yes. is very of its time. I think Crazy Sexy Cool sounds dated in a more negative way where I just think it's aged bad. Oh, I would disagree. But for me, I think uh, uh, Ooh, on the TLC, uh, Ooh on the TLC Tip has... Uh, more enjoyable songs mm-hmm. than um, the ones on Crazy Sexy Cool. Crazy Sexy Cool has their like anthem, which is Waterfall. It's a great song. I mean, song. it's one of the biggest selling albums yeah, of all time. It's crazy, but I think there's more. I enjoy more songs on uh, Ooh on the TLC. Thing. Yeah, it's yeah. more of a party record. Yeah. yeah, and I think also it has to do with how old I was, being like nine years old. When yeah, no, that makes sense. I was and, uh, 22. I'm gonna do, I want to do something real quick before we start. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. Okay. We're going to play a little game. Mm-hmm. On the count of three, I'm going to guess your favorite member. You're going to guess my favorite member. Oh, I so think this is going to be easy for both of us. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I'm going to count of three. Uh-huh. Ready? One, One two, two, three. T-Boz. Yes. You're right. Yeah. We're both right. <laughs> okay. Minus T-Boz and yours is Chili. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so on brand for both of <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. I was going to say that had to be it. Yeah. Sorry, left eye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. We love you, but yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with Left Eye Lopez. Nothing at all. Uh, also, I've never seen this video. This video is straight up yeah. 1992. Maybe I saw it once or twice in 92 and have no recollection, but... It's super it, fun. It wasn't nearly as big a hit as the first No, series. it wasn't. And this is... And right away, who do we see? <laughs> we see Criss Cross. The first people we see aren't even TLC. We see Criss Cross. Yep. Just as a little intro. They're not even in the original song. Right. Yeah. And this is a. Oh, did they just tacked them onto the single because tacked, jump was so big. They tacked it on just to the video. Oh. This single is actually different than the album version. This is a okay. little faster. There's a, it's a little more percussive. 
It's, it's better than the – I was going to say, album. so your fav- this being your favorite or tied for your favorite TLC song, you're talking about the single version. I like them both. Okay. This is better than – so I guess this would be one and, and the album version is 1A, I guess. Or 1A. Fair. Yeah. And that's Jermaine Dupree with them. And they're dancing and this is great. I just love the I mean it's still early nineties, so lots of bright colors. Yes. But you know what I love is the black and white with the with the flannels and yeah. the hats. Oh, uh, such it's, a good look. It's got a little bit of a gangster. Yeah, it's a little grimy. It, but it's still yeah. totally new jack swing. Yeah. That but this is around, I mean, 92, New Jack Swing is tapering off. It's tapering off. It's on its, like, last gasp, right? Yeah. But this is even more, a little more New Jacky because you can hear that 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 percussive bongo beat, which isn't in the, isn't in the original. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I love, this is my favorite rapping for a TLC in this song. T-Rod left in. I mean, Cardi B still, rem- everyone compares her to Nicki. And and Lil Kim, her, she reminds me of Left Eye. I think her flow sounds like Left Eye. I think and her attitude, yeah, like yeah. she she to me is like the second coming of Left Eye. Yeah, maybe it's the fashion and the look of Cardi B that they go, oh, it's Nicki Minaj. I mean, she's yeah. sort of a nice amalgamation of all of those. Yeah. But uh, chilly, I love you. <laughs> uh, and they're such good dancers too. Yeah. They're cool. They're cool. And sexy and crazy. And, yep. I mean, it, it is also like, they have three monster albums in a row. Yeah. I mean, just huge. Um, it's crazy how big they were for that for that time. I remember seeing, you know, when, when MTV would premiere a new video, that was a big deal. They would yeah. do like the MTV world premiere. Yeah. I, I remember seeing the world premiere of Creep on MTV. Oh, my God. When it was like... Yeah, remember TLC from a few years back, which when you're 12, three years ago, seems like ancient history. Yes. So I was like, yeah, I remember TLC. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they have a new album. Here's the first video for the yeah. first single. Creep. Yeah. Creep that album was, is one of the biggest yeah. albums of all time. Just the three of them. Creep was good. Yeah. Three of them in pajamas. In the silk pajamas. Oh, yeah. my God. I just go insane. But I love that song. And I have no idea. Julie is still hot, by the way. I think I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> God bless you, Paul. I really should. Yeah. I mean, I think the two of them, I know that, like, after Left Eye Died, some, oh, another woman came in real quick. Really? I thought so. I think they, I mean, they've put out albums since Left Eye Died. Yeah. But they haven't really. They put big. out an album a year or two ago that they funded with Kickstarter. And, like, when they started the Kickstarter, they were, they, like, Announced this is going to be our last album. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. I don't think they that means they officially broke up because I think they'll still perform. They the should. Chill T-Boz from time to time, but they're like we're not going to make any more new music. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they're they're pushing fifty, I think. Yeah, I mean they're like my age. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're so good at dancing. Yeah. And it's real 90s dancing that I still love. Just um, the, the baggy clothes. Uh, everybody just wanted to have no shape. Yep. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> everything, everything is baggy. T-shirts, pants, yeah. jacket, everything. It was cool. But, uh, yeah, you don't even need to see Chili's body. Which is yeah. Hot. Yeah. So just why just, just wear baggy clothes? Why not? Jeans. That, not Jinkos, but. Yeah. Bad, but but baggy yes. jeans with Timberlands look and just a giant I, jean jacket or whatever. I 
I've been in LA a long time. I yeah. still have Timberlands. I will not give them up. I'm, I baggy jeans and Timberlands. Maybe it's just me showing my age. I'm just like, yeah. it's a great look. It's a good look, man. It's a good look. It has to be Timberlands. It has to I be. Why the bag, baggy jeans just look sloppy? But yeah. Timberlands just seem to give yes. them a lift somehow. And I was and and like also, I would say you can't have Timberlands and skinny jeans. Uh, no. I don't. I don't no, think it I, doesn't I think work as well. It doesn't work. Doesn't work as well. It doesn't work. I've seen some his hipsters with skinny jeans and those LL Bean duck boots with like the rubbery brown front. Oh my god! Like, really? Yeah. I the douchebags at the school I went to in Cleveland more than the eighties, and I hated them. <laughs> well, that's the a new I'm like, people wear those because it's snowy and slushy outside. I don't. I don't find them fashionable. That's why people wore Timberlands in New York. Well, that's true. You well, know, even Docs were originally yeah. work boots, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh. Okay. The next episode we're doing a B sides for is episode thirty one. We skipped thirty because I think that was a grab bag. Yeah. Uh, this is Rebel Girls two. Okay. Yes. I've got another. Rebel Girls uh, I video. I want to say I might know. I don't it. think you know the Modets. Uh, they're pretty. This sounded so snobby. Um, they're um, pretty obscure. Um, Kirk, I don't think you know. The I don't think so. But this is so not Stick your to kind your of Joe Jet. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I don't think I do know because I don't think you're gonna like this. This I'm, is a real Paul thing and a real not a Kirk thing. Honestly, the reason why I thought I knew them is because I thought it was a woman named Mo Deets. Oh no. <laughs> honestly, I was like, oh, do I know Mo Deets? Mo Deets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or that's what you want when you want to know more about it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, <laughs> shut it down. Tell me more. That, that was, was, that was uh, delightful. Ugh, I hate myself. No, don't uh, embrace that. You know, the Modettes were sort of a post-punk girl group, super group. Uh, the lead singer is the original lead singer for Lilliput, a.k.a. Kleenex, where we watched their – they were the Swiss band that oh, did that crazy – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunky uh, – I said honky. I didn't mean white. I meant because they had a honky saxophone. Yes. Yeah. No, I remember that. Where they were playing in front of a gym full of stone-faced yes. people and then like a few people who were super into it. Okay. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, just going crazy. Yeah. Uh, their original lead singer, who's not performing with them in the clip that we watched, mm -hmm. she's the lead singer of the Modettes. The guitar player was a founding member of the Slits. Okay, I know that. And name. also played for a minute in the Raincoats. Don't know that. Uh, the bass player was in a band called Bank of Dresden, who I've never heard. I just <laughs> had to look. I looked up the band. That's like, I've never heard of Band of Dresden, but the bass player used to be in it. That's a great name for a band. Yeah. Uh, this is White Mice, which is, quote unquote, their best known song, which is to say <laughs> it's super known at all. They existed from, I think, 79 to 81. Like they existed for one minute. I think they put out an EP and a single. Like, they were a very short-lived band mm -hmm. and did not make any sort of a splash. But this is sort of like a college rock kind okay. of song. And what year is this again? This song is from 79. This is their first single, okay. White, White Mice. And they were only together, I wrote down, three years. Uh, but it's very post-punky, you know, like like those bands. The Sleds and yes. Raincoats. And, uh, and, oh, there's a little text intro to this video. It says... Shot with Ian H. in an afternoon in the London College of Printing studio on very primitive equipment. All I have left is this very dodgy quality VHS. So with apologies for that, sit back and enjoy one of the most underrated punk bands of the 80s. All hail the Modettes. And this, video, this is like a VHS copy 
of a dub of a dub oh, of a dub wow. of a VHS. It doesn't look and sound great, yeah. but it's all that exists of it. But that might make it better to me, I think. Yeah, maybe. Because it's pretty lo-fi anyway because of the type of music. Yeah. It's that's the sleeve from their single. Oh, that's a great sleeve. Wait, are they, is that the, the, the drummer is muting her snare with a magazine. Yeah, because that's all they can afford. That's <laughs> fucking great. And it looks cool. It's punk rock. Oh, my God. This Don't is they look so awesome? This is vintage Paul. I love this shit. This is... Well, we can't hear She is, I believe, singing in English, but with a thick German accent. I swear to God, I could not tell. Me. Yeah, okay. She is. She's the one who was the founding member of Lilliput. So okay. She's Swiss German. Okay. Now, definitely not my thing, mm-hmm. but this is like the kind of I'll say punk that I like. Yeah. Because it's not so much just raw noise. It's not. Yeah, it's not angry or loud. There's but music- it's really angular. Yes. And, and, yeah. There's musicality to it. This, this is post-punk where it's the bridge from punk to new wave. Yes, which I, I'm I'm very fascinated about that time. I think that yeah. time really interests me. Because, me too, like late 70s, early yeah. 80s. Yeah, yeah. where's that transition where things got new wavy and then, then when new wavy just new wave just became punk right because new wave isn't mainstream yet but punk's already sort of dead yeah it's that weird but time. you can see the new wave in this like it's lots of pastel colors it's very bright their hair is sort of that yeah um if you would have said this is early new wave i would have been like oh okay yeah yeah that's, i mean that's it essentially it is yeah um but i love that those angular guitars yes that sort of Sounds a little like Gang of Four. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of Gang of Four. And it's very, it's still very kind of garage-like. Yeah. Do you so, know? I mean, this is some of my some of my favorite style of music. Do you know why they're called the Modettes? I do not. There's very little information to be found on the band. I did find one fun fact though. Uh, the uh, bass player later married the drummer from Madness. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow. Oh, look at that. And also, I mean, this is 79, so this is pre-MTV, pretty bad. Yeah, Why this, this obscure, brand new, post-punk group felt the need to film a video? Yeah. Surprises. I mean, you could have put this on MTV early 80s. Yeah. You, maybe they, maybe they played it. I don't know. They, they could have because they needed stuff. They just needed content. Because all these kids were art students, so they, like it said, they filmed it at an art college. They probably were just like, let's make a video project, not as a promotional item, but yeah. as an art piece. Just do it as an actual piece in and of itself. When did you discover that? Um, only within the past couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Well, you were born in the wrong era. What can I say, man? <laughs> Although you love 90s so much, but like... Yeah, I, I do. And so I wouldn't have been cool enough to discover that one if, if, I, <laughs> was, if I was a teenager then anyway. Uh, but yeah, they're very cool. Yeah, and she, I love that the bass player is playing a Paul McCartney-style Hoffner oh, violin Oh, is that bass. what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't actually see those a lot outside of Paul McCartney. Oh my god. Also, like, and at least for the video's sake, is that the drummer's playing standing up. Yeah. Like the guy in straight pants. Yeah. It's a real fun, poppy sort of video. 
That was great. No girl likes like, to love a winner. I don't know if I just have it. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that was that was that was a lovely surprise. Yeah, I know it's not yeah. your type of music, but the video is real fun. The video is really cool, and it, like I said, there's a musicality that I'm like, okay, it's not just noise yeah. for noise. Sake. I think I find it danceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on to a clip of yours that is a B side from uh, the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis episode. Yes, uh, this is – we've mentioned her before when I talked about Alexandra O'Neill mm-hmm. from Minneapolis. Uh, this was his like duet partner. They did the song. Uh, I do I, remember I, that. I never knew love like this. Yeah, yeah. She did uh, uh, Saturday Love, which is a classic. This is her first single. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 1984. This is uh, – so it's fairly early Jimmy Jam Turles. It's before Janet. Uh, you're did gonna, you say your name? I don't think you Sherelle. Said. Sherelle. And you're gonna you're gonna hear it and you're like, wow, it sounds like it sounds like early Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis, meaning it sounds like Prince. Okay. Um eighty four, yeah. Yeah. You'll know this song, not this version, and I'll explain why, because it's a tragedy. Okay. Uh, so we can just play and the video is straight up silly. <laughs> it's basically a take on King Kong. Oh. Oh, it's nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah, a little bit that. Yeah, it's just sort of a yeah. it's like a flat instead of a sharp yeah, or something. It's, like that. Yeah, it's very very Prince like. Yeah. So it's well, I mean, look, if you if someone wants to remake 1999 a million yeah, times, we're, do not, it. we're not going to hate it. Yeah. So I'll wait to, to hear the hook. Um, the uh, so yeah, it's basically her and King Kong falling in love. Okay. That's the video in black and white. <laughs> it was made for a dollar. This video. Um, so she had a bunch of hits throughout the 80s and early 90s. She was just, you know, one of those classic R&B singers. I'm not familiar with her. Um, I'm trying to wait for the chorus so you can hear it. Did we watch another video on a past episode where a woman's terrorized by King Kong? I feel like we did, but I wouldn't know what it is. <laughs> it feels like, like a woman who's in an apartment yeah. or something and there's something outside the window. So here it is. So the song... I'll just say it anyway. Okay, I didn't mean to turn you on. Yeah. Became a big hit for Robert Palmer. Oh, okay. That two years later, I didn't mean to turn you on was his big. Uh, is it is it from the album that has Addicted uh, to Love? To love? It, might, it was either before. Uh, no, because I think Addicted to Love was Riptide. So it was either before or after. Right. Then, then I think the, it was after. What What's the big follow up? From the next album. Simply Irresistible. Simply Irresistible. So actually, this might have been a little... I did, actually, this was before um, Addicted to Love. Okay. But uh, I didn't mean... I didn't... His version. His cover. Yes. Okay. And his cover was fucking huge. Really? Yeah. I like wonder if, if I heard it, I'd say, oh, I've heard this. His... But. Her... And this is why it makes me mad. Her version was on billboards at number 79. Yeah. His was at 8. I mean, sometimes covers do that, man. I'm going to go ahead and say it's because it's a white guy. Well, sure. Yes. That's probably what's going to do with yes. it. But. And then here's uh, King Kong breakdancing on a New York uh, building. The, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> Look at that. The guy in a I mean, gorilla you say, suit. You say King Kong, but it's a dude, <laughs> it's a dude in, a gorilla in, suit. in a gorilla suit that you'd get at Party City. Yes. One of those Just killing suits. it yeah. on a sta- soundstage on a building. Why are gorilla suits such uh, a perennial <laughs> costume that just they, works? It always works. so funny about it. It always works. Yeah. Always works. Um, 
Yeah, and this was great too because there were points in the early '80s where breakdancing was big, and they're like, "It's got to be in every video. Right. Every video has to have breakdance. You just have to have it, <laughs> no matter I what." I love this song, by the way. It's a great I, I, song. Yeah, this is great. and it makes me mad because I think that, and I I like Robert Palmer, um, but his version of this sucks. I mean, it's hardly the first time a white artist covered a black artist yeah. and did a, an inferior version exactly. and had a way bigger yeah. hit. It's, there's a long history of that. And I think Jimmy Jam and Jerry Lewis like talked about it. Yeah. And they're like, well, I mean, we got paid because he did the cover. <laughs> cover like the Sherelle So they better. wrote it, they didn't just produce it, they wrote they it. They wrote and produced it. Yeah. 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 See, was it a dream? Uh, was it because she was reading a King Kong comic as an adult I, woman? I feel like the, it's all a dream trope. Is is so present in so many early years. <laughs> yeah, because yep. you had to. What else are you gonna make? Yeah. What are you gonna make it about? <laughs> right, because nothing made sense. Nothing made sense. As Professor Carol, what's her name, explains, yes. you can't actually tell a narrative story. No, because video sort of has to follow the structure of a song, which in a pop song, when it goes through the g- cor- verse, chorus, yes. verse structure, is cyclical rather than linear. So anyway, <laughs> you're <laughs> making me exhausted. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm not do, smart do enough. Do you have anything else to add? About no, that, that was it. Uh, okay. I just uh, it's 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 a little unknown gem. She had bigger hits. This was pretty big for her, but then Robert Palmer stole it. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on to a B side for episode thirty-three. Slow jam. Oh, Paul, this is the one where I really struggled with. Why? Not not this. Mm-hmm. This picking of the slow jams for the episode. For this episode? No. Or, oh, so this is when you really wanted to include yes. on the slow jam. It was on there immediately. I mean, like, I took things on. I pulled them. I switched things around. I ended up going with Maxwell because okay. it meant something to my wife. Mm-hmm. And we needed some 90s stuff. We needed there, some 90s yeah. as well because all my stuff was 80s. Yeah. And so I left Luther Vandross I mean, we off. didn't talk about – We I think we maybe name-dropped him, but we didn't watch any Luther Vandross. No. Not a Slow Jams episode. No, and it's a crime that you can't have a Slow Jams episode without Luther Vandross. That's why we do B-sides, man. Yes. This is exactly it's why ex- we do. This is the reason why. Yeah. To hear Luther Vandross sing – for you to love live at Wembley Stadium. All right. For and what year? I'm going to see this album came out 88. So this is probably 88, 89. Okay. I just play it. It's yes. And uh, it's great. It I is. don't think I know this song, but I'm not, I don't know Luther Vandross super well. I think the power of love is the only song I can name. Yeah. That was uh, early nineties. Yeah. Um, his big heyday was eight. It is just throughout the eighties. Right. He has an album. A best of album called The Best of Love, which is a two disc set. That's all you need. It's got, that's all you need for just some wonderful. Is that just music. the title of his greatest hits package, or is it like, these are the best Luther Vandross like, love songs? Well, they're all love songs. They're all love songs. Yeah. They're literally all love songs. Okay. Because sometimes they'll do a themed album like that, right? Yeah. Or there's greatest This hits. is just, yeah, he does just all love songs. Yeah. So uh, I love him. He's got three uh, backup singers walking around him in gowns and tuxes. Uh, snapping at appropriate moments. It's Everyone's real, wearing real sparkly, yes. studded, yes, rhinestone outfits. And this, so this is a live version. This version sounds exactly like the studio. Yeah, like that's how good he can sing. Yeah, and uh, he's. You know, he's Luther, so he's not moving around the stage much. Well, that's the thing is his voice is so perfect. Yes. And also so effortless. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you'll see footage of someone singing in a studio and, you know, they've got their, their, their 
paws on their cans yeah, and they're really like melting it out. Yeah. And he's just sort of like casually walking around yeah. the stage, like sure. Yeah, this is how I sing. Yeah. He's yeah. kind of looking around. That's why I love him. This yeah. is what I do. And you know, I I'm not sure if you know this. He worked with David Bowie. Okay. He 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 sings background. He arranged all the background uh, background the backup singers for uh, Young Americans. Oh, oh, that early in yeah. the 70s? He's on though? Young Americans, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. There's footage out there where you see him singing backup in like a- He must have been a baby. Yeah. Yeah. But he could already, he already knew so much about vocal arrangement. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, just arrange this one. So he That's crazy. Vocals. I didn't know that Luther Vandross yeah. was on Young Americans. Isn't that great? Yeah. There's video, but it's great. And that's how he started out. He started out as a backup singer. Yeah. I mean, sure. yeah, for all of them. And then uh, was knows how to vocally arrange. Yeah. And then, we, we've talked about that before. Like, backup vocalists and studio session guys are always the most talented yeah. people. Because yeah. they need to be the workforce. Yeah, exactly. They're not showy, but they're good. Yeah, and, and this is him. He knows exactly what to do. Yeah. You know, and then, um, and then he made it on his own. And I also, I always think of these, I was like, the back ground singers he has right now the backup singers just now yeah. he must have put them through the pacing because yeah. he's Luther and he has to yeah. be like no you're singing that wrong he was one of those perfectionists I think so like but in a very gentle way like he's yeah. a very sweet guy didn't he have a nickname like Teddy Bear or the Sugar Bear yeah. or something like that yeah. Like, yeah. I mean he was just like a sweet guy uh, and he passed away in like 2005 or, or something like that five, yeah. I, I think I was still in college when yeah he like won the Grammy for Dance, uh, with, Dance my with My Father, Father, but he had just had the stroke before yeah. the ceremony. That's so exactly right. Like, and then he didn't last too much longer after yeah. that before he died. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, diabetes. Yeah. Um, but like Luther is Luther was always on my mixtape. Oh I was gonna ask that question, but I kinda knew the answer yeah. anyway. It was there. Uh, this or college it, it, dorm it, room it, it was it was various Various Luther songs. Yeah. This was on there. This is a song to slow dance to. Yes. If you're not going to do some other activity. Yes. This is this would be a little precursor slow dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was either like this, so amazing, any love. Every song is a love song, yeah. except for Dance with My Father. Well, that's like Dance with My Father. That's a, yeah. um, different kind of. Different kind of. Um, it's not a punk song. No, not at all. Not a, it's not a Destroy the State Anarchy song. <laughs> Which is a love song to Paul. Yeah. Which is fine. Wouldn't it have been weird if Luther Vandross came out with like an album of Dead Kennedys covers? <laughs> and he's just like, I've always been a big fan. Yeah. He's like, I just felt I needed to do something different. This one's called Nazi Pugs. Fuck off! <laughs> and then sings it like him. And it's beautiful. And you're like, oh my god, the Dead Kennedys are beautiful. <laughs> Oh, uh, I wish he had done that. Too. That would have been great. <laughs> and there's always, there's so many, like, uh, incarnations of Luther. Like, there's very skinny Luther, there's yeah. very big Luther, there's regular Luther. This seems like... Middle-ish. Middle-ish, yeah. Yes. And yet, sounds the same every time. Yeah. Every time. Um, but yeah, I listen to Luther uh, on the regular. I was... Uh, Luckily, uh, Anne likes Luther as well, except she likes the one song I don't like of his. But I'm like, it's okay. Can you say which one it is? It's, it's only for one night. Okay. Um, she loves that song. And I'm like, eh, there's I don't know. I don't and know. I was like, I, I let it, I let it lie because she's not the expert that I am. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let it lie. Um, but yeah, like I'll just li- I'll listen to this. This is from an album called uh, Any Love, and I will play this at work. In very low, so no one hears. But, but yeah, I just, just I, to me, this is like I can work to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
You could do anything to it. Like I don't know if I'd like build a treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I could get in a fight. Get in a, yeah, <laughs> I think I get into a bar fight to this. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't think I would jog to this either. That's a little too. Yeah. Little too and then he just ends it because he's classy. Yeah, probably if there's one skill I wish I had, it's singing. Oh, yeah. Not that I, I, I don't have any aspirations to do anything professional with it, but, like, just to, like, sing around the house but be good yeah. at it. Or be like, hey, we're going karaoke party. Want to sing a song for yeah. you? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'll sing a song for yeah. you guys. I can't sing for shit, I man. Saw. And just watching how how casually he's like, I was blessed with a beautiful voice, yeah. and here it is for you. And I know how to use it. Watch me go up, watch me go Perfect down. Perfect pitch and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that either. Yet. I have, t- like, I'm not tone deaf. I know that I'm off tone. It's just I can't control my voice to make it hit the notes. <laughs> yeah. You can't don't, sing. We don't have that skill set. Yeah. Yeah. But Luther did. Luther did. R.I.P. Yep. Slow jam king. Yes. Okay, I mentioned at the top of the show there was – a clip I had saved forever. Yes. This is one I saved within weeks of recording our first dance episode. Oh, really? Because I was like, I, I found it after we recorded the first dance episode. I was like, I have to. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch this when we do dance two. Yeah. And then by the time dance two came around, I completely forgot that <laughs> I had saved it and didn't include it. Yeah. So... For that reason, it's a perfect B-side. Yes, that is the way you do a B-side. It also kind of works as a B-side because Isabel is, is and always will be our guest when we do dance yes, episodes. Yes, we are number three. But she being the age she is where she was born in the early 90s mm-hmm. and having spent her childhood in the UK, I don't think they had in Living Color. No. I don't think she would have had any context for this anyway. Yes. Um, I'm sure she would have loved and appreciated it. Mm-hmm. But – wouldn't have recognized the Fly Girls. The Fly Girls are so important to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they are. And, yes. and I'm Isabel, so glad if you're listening, if, if I'm wrong and you totally know what the Fly Girls are, I love the Fly Girls, I apologize. Come, come at us on episode three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know. So what we're going to watch is a, a very mini documentary, about five minutes long, from the season one DVD box set of In Living Color. I've never seen this and I'm very excited about it. Called Back in Step with the Fly Girls. Uh-huh. I'm going to say right now, Yeah, uh, I'm going to do a, a mini don't at me right now. Um, <laughs> the Fly Girls were the best part of that show. That's probably – I I wasn't allowed to watch In Living Color. Of course not. You weren't allowed to do anything. Uh, no, that's, that's pretty much right. Um, <laughs> no, we could read whatever we wanted. No, that's – oh, that's Which I remember impressive. my brother when we were both like under 10 got into Stephen King. I remember him reading It when he was like nine years wow. old. I was like, that's inappropriate. Wow. But anyway, wow. that's, right. <laughs> that's cool though. But uh, so we were not allowed to watch In Living Color. It's too rude. Yeah. And then by the t- – we also were not allowed to watch Married with Children because it was too rude. <laughs> and for a time we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons because it was too rude. Oh, Wow. But um, later when I got older, I did watch Married with Children and thought, this show is pretty funny. <laughs> but I agree with the parental decision that, yeah, it actually is pretty – folks did the right thing. That one's not cool. That yeah. for kids, I don't think. I think that was the right call. In Living Color, I didn't think was inappropriate for children. But by the time I was old enough to watch it, I was just like, this fucking isn't funny. It's not great. It's not that good. Some of it's funny. Some of it is. Some of it you go, Meh. When I was uh, when it came out, I was I think late high school, early college, and it was a big deal. Yeah, it was like holy fuck, this is ground. You felt that it was groundbreaking, 
And I like some Keenan Ivory Way and stuff. I think I'm going to yeah. get you suck is funny. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. I think the show also, in my mind, the show got progressively less funny as it went on. Yeah. But the Fly Girls became a little more prominent. And they also added that at the end, they'd always have hip-hop acts. Yeah. But the early cat, like David Allen Greer is great. great. David yes. Wayans is great. Yeah. But a lot of the humor has an age well because a lot of it is like, gay people are hilarious. Yeah. Look how funny these <laughs> freaks are. Yeah it's, yeah. it's not very well at all. Yeah. And I think um, – but so that doesn't stand very well. But the Fly Girls always still yeah. stand the test. I didn't know until I found this video on YouTube that Rosie Perez choreographed oh, the yeah. Fly Girls. I didn't know that. Yeah. She was so in. a lot of this is basically like Rosie Perez is the best person who's ever lived. She made the Fly Girls what they are. Rosie Perez is the queen of the Fly Girls. That's basically uh, – That's what, what appropriate and correct. Yeah. If they talk to Carrie Ann – I'm going to lose my shit. I think in. they talked to all of them. Well, I don't think Jennifer Lopez does She was later. She, yeah. She was like – So we'll see her in archival clips of her yeah. dancing, but she doesn't do like a Talking Heads interview if I remember. Uh, I, they need to talk to Carrie Ann. I'm going to like – I think die. the rest of them – I think if she was a main one. She was a big – she was a main one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't really have much to add to this because like I said, I didn't – I don't have a history with this shit. Yeah. I just found this clip because I was looking for dance stuff and uh, I'm aware of the Fly Girls. Yeah. Um, I don't have any nostalgia for it, but it is great. Ah. And Rosie Perez is awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, my my nostalgia for In Living Color all goes back to the Fly Girls. Yeah. Not so much. Well, that now. especially makes sense for you. Hey, Thank you. Welcome to In Living Color. I'm Keenan Ivory-Wayans. We've got a great show for you tonight. Before I get started, I'd like to introduce a few folks to you. My DJ that keeps the party rocking all night long, SW1. Okay, Broadway, who's not doing any DJing in this at all. Yeah, in season three, they made him a cast member and then had an actual DJ become the yeah, DJ. he was not a DJ at any shape or Yeah, <laughs> he was just, just Keenan Ivory's other little brother. Baby brother. And he's like, yeah, put him in the show. Yeah. like this. And of course, you got to say hello to all my fly girls. Starting over here with Carrie Ann. Yeah, Carrie Ann, I love you. Such good dancers. And you never saw this. This was not a thing on TV. What, just like professional dancing like this? In this style. Yeah. Oh, like hip hop dance. Yeah. Yeah, because this is like what, 90, 91? This is like 80, 89, 89, 90. First season is. Maybe 89, 90? Maybe. Yeah, okay. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But she talks about that, how she's going to say like break dancing and hip hop dancing was a big deal in New York City. Yeah. But not really anywhere else yet. Yeah. Is someone who is beautiful, has a gorgeous body, and has her own personal style. Somebody that has their stuff together, has got all the moves. The kind of girl every man dreams of having. <laughs> the kind of girl Named every Kirk. girl dreams of being. That's a fly girl. That's a fly girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, these clips are amazing. Yeah, uh, they were. So, I mean, they were so tight. And this is the set they recreated for that Cardi B version. Yes, which we'll bring up in New Jack because it's brilliant. Back in step with the fly. It was crazy. I was putting in 10 to 12 hours a day. And um, because I had to pick the music, edit the music, clear the licensing, oh, yeah. the music, pick the guests, the, the performing guests, 
And then teach the fly girls the numbers. Never yeah, because it's Fox. It's still a brand new network. Yeah. There's probably no money. Zero cash. So it's not like they're hiring like a staff to do that shit. It's like, oh, you're the choreographer? You have to do yeah. everything go, for go the do that. Girls. If you yeah. want this job, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have an assistant to do that shit no. for you. You have nothing. Yeah. You have you. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. You were going to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. We all loved it. No, more it's too hot outside. No, but you have a job to do. They have jobs to do this job. <laughs> Uh, I fucking love her accent. Oh, she's, she's the, the most best. New York person. Yeah, she's the greatest. That flat nasally yeah. thing. I'm crazy about that. I love her. So new to the business in, in, in kind of sort of a way. And it was just kinetic. The energy there. It was, it was electric. And hip hop was huge in New York and it was huge in the music, but it wasn't huge yeah. in the mainstream. I told Keenan, I said, they don't know how to do it. And he goes, well, then that's your job to teach them how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a technical yeah. I didn't know what hip hop was. That's amazing because you were great. Start out. Um, yeah. I don't know how many of them weren't hip hop dancers, yeah. but it was too new a thing. They were trained dancers, but Rosie Perez had to be like, here's hip hop yeah. dancing. Here's how you will learn this. Yeah. Do From what I scratch. do. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Like ballet. It's kind of like the core of dancing. I think you can do anything. All the girls had, you know, kind of dance backgrounds. So for me, it was pretty interesting to just... Um, I don't know who this woman is. She looks like she is 22 years old here. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. She's, but she was uh, yeah. a fly girl in 1990, so that can't be possible. <laughs> no, but she's aged quite wonderful. Yeah. It's like my kind of street dancing or hip-hop dancing with more of the technical stuff which is what Rosie did no, I remember these dances we only had four days to teach them oh, the, the, the outfits are the great and even though they were only uh, 30 second spots still they had to be all unique on their own and it was crazy there was a lot of times I, I could hear the fly girls cursing me out under their breath yeah. she was definitely a drill sergeant <laughs> oh, of course she was I have no doubt <laughs> Do that shit right there. <laughs> we worked harder than everybody on Emma and color. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we worked from first thing in the morning till the wee hours at night. Had them doing flips. Yeah. We had oh, there's some writers in the writer's room somewhere writing another Fire Marshal Bill sketch. Yeah, exactly. Like, whatever. Drinking Pepsi free. Yeah. Uh, writing jokes for yeah. Jim Carrey and shit. Because, like, you know, and then color paid shit to the performers. Yeah. So that means they paid even shittier to the dancers. Yeah. And they I, got paid nothing. I find it very easy to believe that they worked harder than the comedians mm-hmm. by orders of magnitude. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But them twisting their bodies here and there and just rolling all over the floor and it was, it was fantastic. Uh, Carrie Ann. They're not going to talk here. Yeah, I guess. I I guess wait. Not. But the FCC, the censors, would come in and they can't help can they hump on the ground or can they hump on the air? No, they can't hump on the air. They can't hump on the ground. I said, well, can they hump on the rises? No humping. I said, okay. How about pumping? You know, okay, pumping is allowed. Okay, girls, no humping for pumping. Uh, Network executives. Really. <laughs> so dumb. I've never seen this before, and I think Keenan was like, you know, you're going to set, you know, you're going to set a standard for dancers out there, and nobody, I think other than, like, solid gold, they had That's something where the dancers true. were like... Put out front. The yeah. flat girls just took off. We, do whole thing outside of we had a lot of people watching us and doing everything that we did. They wanted to dress like us. They wanted to be, you know, be like us. So they, yeah, they, they dressed like so cool. Yeah. They wanted us to know it too. I was just excited that Keenan had enough faith in me to bring 
Uh, yeah, I guess we're not even going to see Jennifer Lopez because that, you know, if this is a, a DVD one. extra from season yeah. one, she doesn't enter anyway. Yeah, she yet, came in like three or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just, that's why I'm so nostalgic for her. I distinctly remember when In Living Color came out, I'm just going, what? Yeah. It was crazy. Well, they would, like she said, they did 30 second spots because they would play into and out of commercials. Yeah, right? exactly. So they play a hip hop song. Would they ever the get time. like, like a feature spot in an episode where it would be like a, they'd play like a whole pop song and they dance no. to it. Or it was just like the bumpers. It was from, yeah, it was the bumper. Yeah. It was the intro, mm-hmm. the intro to the heavy D song. But they dan- those intros were always differently choreographed. Okay, so it was different each show. Uh, then the bumpers, and then later on in the series they would have uh, rap uh, guest artists at okay. the end come and they out. With and they the, a lot of times they perform with them. That's Very. Cool. Later on, when the show was like in the sixth or seventh season, they gave them solos. So every now and then you'd have like a, a, a solo uh, a fly girl. Were any of the fly girls, to your memory, did they stick with the show for the whole run? Like by the last season, were any no, of the fly girls I still don't left from think the first so. season? No. no, I think they, they I know that Rosie didn't choreograph it the whole time. She yeah, only did like she three left. Seasons. Yeah. Um, but they, um, I don't think they stayed that as long. They probably stayed I'm a couple sure seasons it was left. Pretty punishing. <laughs> yeah. Mean, how many seasons was in Living Color? On? I thought it was like seven or eight. Yeah, it was over so a lot. Yeah. Play in the yeah, at least in the mid nineties. That's the most that I'm proud of. We we'll all be doing what we love to do and letting you know America see us at our best. They were just awesome girls. They taught me a lot about dancing choreography. I never admitted that to them ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, uh, great. <laughs> So you did a lot of bossing us around, Rosie, for someone who was apparently learning from (laughs) Who didn't really choreograph. (laughs) Rosie Perez's Fly Girls, it was in Living Colors Fly Girls, because we all collaborated, and that's why it was so great. But that's, uh, one of the women says, like, we were just happy to dance. Yeah. This, as little as they got paid. This is a this is a great gig. Yeah, like a great gig for them. This is your full time gig. You make enough to cover your monthly night. Yeah, and that's great. And I mean that show was a big deal. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it, and yeah. I didn't. But I would go to school every Monday, and the other dudes in class would be talking about the sketches from last night's episode of it. Like it was a, I was aware enough of it as a cultural force. Yeah. And I was bitterly resentful that I wasn't allowed to watch yes, it. Yes, I'm sure. People are like, Paul, did you see it? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's not allowed to. Oh, no. <laughs> poor, poor young Paul Tampanelli. <laughs> It's all right. It's something. <laughs> Except for the flag. The sourest grapes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on to our Detroit episode. Yeah. Do you remember a clip we watched of a band called The Gories? Yes, I do. It was a three-person band. It was yes. a, a a woman drummer chewing bubblegum yes. and not giving a shit about playing she the drums. She was my favorite of the whole video. Right. She Profoundly not giving a shit. Yes. Dan's guitar solo on his like wildly out of tune guitar, yep. which is barely competent I and do the most rock that. and roll thing ever. And then there was Mick, the leader of the band, mm-hmm. who I had mentioned is in like 17 other bands. Yes. Uh, the main one of his other bands being the Dirt Bombs. Mm-hmm. So I found a cool Dirt Bombs live performance. Okay. From 2008. Uh, and I also, I, I wanted to show this not just because Mick Hans is the coolest dude in the world. But because that Gory's clip was so gloriously 
lo-fi mm-hmm. and unpracticed. And the dirt bombs musically are much more technically proficient and impressive. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to show like he actually knows how to is there, music. Is there do you have a preference over one or the other? I prefer the Gories. Okay. I do. I like that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we sound like we literally just picked up these instruments for the <laughs> yeah. first time. Yeah. Sort of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot more garagey and and uh, punk in that way. Yeah. This is more punk in that it's way louder and faster and oh, more okay. aggressive. This band had two bass players and two drummers. Wait, what? Really? Yes. It's had a lot of lineup changes, so it doesn't currently have two bass players. Are we going to see? No. Okay. They don't have two bass players in this performance, okay. unfortunately, but they do have two drummers. And not in that overdone jam bandy, yes. we have two drummers kind of way, but in a, we just want to make so much noise that we have two <laughs> We drummers. need more noise in this. Yeah. Let's get another drummer. Yeah. Wow. I don't know of a lot of other bands that had two no. bass players. When they, when they originally formed in the 90s, 92, I think. And so what year is this? This is from 2008. Okay. This is them playing at Amoeba Music. Uh, the one, no, the one in San Francisco. Oh, okay. The original one, not, okay. not ours. Um, but it's an Amoeba performance. This is the first, I think it's the first number they do from this performance, but you can find the whole thing on YouTube, mm-hmm. the whole like 45 minute set. But we're just going to watch them do Ever Loving Man. Right. I love uh, the name of the Dirt Bombs. It's a good name. Uh, let me check to see if I had any more notes. I didn't have much about this. Yeah, just that. This is from May 16th, 2008. And I don't know if it's going to be your type of music, I, but I think you will agree that they kick ass. I want to see two drummers perform. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's real, like, bluesy punk. Yeah. Oh, okay, so the other drummers are a little bit to the left. And I yeah. Because you never see the dude without his shades. Yeah. Holy shit. He's stuck to that brand. I love them. We haven't seen the guitar player yet either. Well, one of them. There's three guitarists. Oh, my God. There she is. Oh, wow. She's like Marissa from Screaming Female. She's this tiny little thing, and she just shreds. Wow. I like the music. Yeah. Uh, the singing of them. But the, the music, I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. Yeah. This is, I like to drive slow. I don't speed. But if this were playing in the car, I would be like, oh, shit, I'm doing 99. Like, <laughs> oh, God, I gotta go faster. Yeah, oh, fuck, I gotta hit yeah. the brake. Like, I, this is, to me, this is, like, accessible. Yeah. The, the, the music. But this is the song I would get in a bar fight, too. Oh, this is a good bar fight, yeah. This is smash a, smash a chair on someone's yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of bleeding. It's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. I love watching her play guitar. Yeah, she gets into it. I think her name's Coco or something like that. Two drummers. I do love that. It's But it's two drummers that are... They're... They're doing the same thing, so they're they're adding value. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I thought for a while, I was like, oh, it's two fucking guys doing two different things. Oh, like all jazzy and yeah. groggy. No, no, no. They just they're just doubling up. Yeah, like loud. So like, let's just get more yeah. of it. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> that guy's got a standing side wings. Yeah. You can't play this kind of music and not outside. <laughs> no, like that. no, you need special chops. Yeah. 
like that it didn't end. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> all jacked. Yeah. Uh, Full performance and interview at Amoeba.com. Uh, yeah, I just love that. Was fast and hard. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to show some more Mick Collins for Detroit. There you go. Because he's the king of Detroit, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Not that I've ever been there. But. <laughs> no, nor I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the next episode we did after Detroit was music videos from 1995 to 1997. Mm-hmm. So I found th- this wasn't one that I forgot in the sense that. I had planned to yeah. use it ever and, and forgot it. But afterwards, I was like, ooh, I thought of one of my favorite videos ever that's from 1997 that if I had thought of it, I totally would have oh, okay. the episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is The Chemical Brothers. How do you feel about The I Chemical Brothers? I like The Chemical Brothers. Okay. Uh, I figured you could go either way on The Chemical yeah, Brothers. I was big into The Chemical Brothers and uh, uh, was it Prodigy? Yeah, real. I think yeah. I've mentioned them before. That yeah. you like Prodigy, yeah. really surprising. Yeah, it kind of gets me all hyped up. I yeah. remember uh, Chemical, Chemical Brothers, Black Rock and Beats. Yeah, that's a fucking jam. They yeah. did a song with um, Galvanize with uh, uh, Q-Tip. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, no. look, I was never super into the Chemical Brothers. Yeah, I like this video for the video. Mm-hmm. Do you know the video for Electrobank? I don't believe I do. I'm not sure. Okay, this is a Spike Jones video. But then it's going to be fucking great. Right, because he's the he was the greatest music video director of the '90s. Yes, in my opinion, better than Michel Gondry. Better than I would say. Yes. I say it. Uh, yeah. He made like the Buddy Holly video for Weezer yeah. and the Sabotage video oh, for Beatles. All those iconic, cool videos from yeah. the '90s are Spike Jones videos. Yeah. This one has uh, his future wife Sofia Coppola in it, where she plays a gymnast. Who does a floor routine, and that's pretty much the whole video. Okay, I either have seen it and am familiar with it, or just know of it in, in in legend. Yeah, she. It's sort of not like those Spike Jones videos are always kind of quirky and funny, and this one is pretty straightforward. Oh, really? In, in a surprising way for a Spike Jones video, huh. and it's it's just her performing this gymnastics routine and there are these brief snatches of narrative where she'll like make eye contact with someone watching and you're like ooh there's some sort of relationship between mm-hmm. them but like it's all just sort of vaguely into that and it's mostly just watching gymnastics all right which doesn't necessarily fit with the chemical brothers song no. that you're hearing no I figured... but it creates a cool effect all right um and I, I saw an interview with her that I found online where someone asked her about what she remembers about the video and she did have a gymnastics coach teach her to do gymnastics. So some of this video is her doing it. I'm a hundred percent sure that a lot of it is a double. Oh, like okay. An actual, yeah. Because for her to have been trained from scratch, there's no way. Basically, every time there's a faraway shot, you can tell. Okay, that's not Sofia Coppola. And then when it's a close up of her like popping up close up after landing some flips, yeah. then it is her. Yeah, yeah. But she did do some of it. Okay. Uh, and she said she originally Spike Jones. She was like, if you can, if you can find anybody else to do it, then that. <laughs> he's like, I can't. But if you can't find anyone to do it, I'll do it. And yeah. He's like, yeah, just do. It. So yeah, he's like, I can't. Great, yeah. I can't find anyone. So this is '97. So she's 26 at the time. Okay. And it's just so. This is uh, post Godfather Three, obviously. Yes. For which pre uh, uh, Lost in Translation. And even pre Virgin Suicide. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. She hasn't directed anything yet. Yeah. Um, She's just Spike Jones's girlfriend, so, so she's in his music video. Uh, I know this. But I just like 
I like the straightforwardness, and I like watching the gymnastics. It looks great. That's I don't think I know this. Because when you watch like Olympics gymnastics, it's dramatic because of the context, but it's not filmed in an artful way. Yes. So this filmed is in the sports way. Yeah, yeah, this is gymnastics filmed for a music video, so it looks really amazing. And, so, and the guy who plays her coach in this looks just like Bella Corolla. Is that his name? Oh, yeah, Bella Corolla. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny, too, because you're like, Spike Jones must have been like, yeah, it's going to be about gymnastics. And everyone went, okay, sure. Okay, Spike. Sure. You're the auteur. Yeah. We there see, there we is a brief know. intro before the music kick, kicks in there. There's another blonde Tanya Harding looking gymnast who performs before her. From the oh, other yeah. for like from the other team. Okay. But it's also it's like high school. It's not Olympics. Yeah. It's like a high school gym. Bring out that personality. Yeah, it's totally that guy. It's definitely supposed to be that yeah. guy. Oh, and something there is a twist like two thirds in. Okay. And like something dramatic happens and you're like, oh, this is a very clear homage to a very famous thing. Okay. Good. I definitely have not seen this video. He's just giving her a pep talk. Yeah. I can't really make out what he's saying, but it's just like, do your best. Do your best. Whatever, you know. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's also funny because she would be really old for a gymnast. Yeah, she looks young. But she, like, she also yeah. at, like, Sofia Coppola is only, like, 5'4", but, like, way too tall. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think you're supposed to be, like, 4'8". 5'2", 5'1". Like yeah. yeah. I So even if someone doesn't like this music, it's just cool to watch. Yeah. So that's Sofia. Yeah, so she's doing some of the stuff. Right. That might be. That might still be her. There was like a weird jump to it. So I'll I'll say yes, it's her. Yeah. That's this, not, that's this not is her. not going to be her. <laughs> no, there's no way that's her. You can't just learn that in a couple of days. That's things. not her. No. Good. No, I don't know this song either, yeah. but I like it because it's that Chemical Brothers sound. Yeah. Yeah, like that's even not that's her. not her. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see it find a name for like, oh, what professional gymnast did they get yeah. title shots? But also, it's just... So the girls on the sideline are sort of sneering at her for some reason. This isn't an odd video, but it's an odd video. It's odd for the music. Yes. 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 And it's just... It a, does not match the music. No, which makes it... But it's still... It, it's not so off that it's bad like no it makes it feel like something bad is going to happen and now she's doing the what they call this ribbon thing yes which is rhythmic gymnastics which you wouldn't have in regular gymnastics yeah but this this is is my thing this is my favorite part because the ribbon shit just looks good so you're a fan of rhythm gymnastics I've never really watched it before but I like uh, it in this video they do ribbons they do pins they do balls yeah it's pretty great it's more dance Right. It's a little more lyrical. But the spinny ribbon just looks neat. <laughs> is what that's, I think. That's the direct quote from Paul Cermani. The spinny ribbon looks neat. Yeah. Yeah, you don't mix two different gymnastics. That's strictly for the video. Yeah. But hey. hey but Spike Jones. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, but he's right, though. It looks good. I'm sure Dr. Carol Vernalis would have something to say <laughs> the dismissive way you said that. <laughs> yes, I'm sure she would light me up. Yeah. Oh, this Tanya Harding girl is not impressed. No, she's not having it. 
No, yeah, Sophie did like a little sneer there. That was great. Really weird. This is so the sound of the late 90s. Yes, <laughs> yes, it really was. <laughs> She's like, is she getting tired? Yeah, like this is a oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's, that's not so good. Not even. Oh, hard landing on that ankle. She's hurt. Is she going to continue? Oh, I like the smirks. Yeah. This is really nice. Now, see, this is a weird part where I said it's sort of a narrative. Like, this woman walks in with this this like, sort of middle-aged woman with a kind of a younger, hungry yeah, like, guy. Yeah. And is pointing to Sofia Coppola. She's saying, Mom, but you can't hear it. So, like, I don't oh, know. Yeah, you know what? Her parents are divorced. Right. Okay. Oh, she's going to make it happen. Oh, it fits the song, though. So you see what's happening? This is Carrie Strug. Yes! Yeah, yes. Carrie Strug did the Olympian yeah. from the 96 Games who, yeah. like, broke her ankle and, and then still did her routine killed and it. killed it. And, like, yeah. really fucking hurt herself. So she's got this hurt ankle that she's still oh, going to kill her. wow. That's funny. Yeah, you are dead on. This is so late. 1997. Yeah. You know, and you don't hear this music anymore. No. You do not. It's really of its time. Yeah. She nails it just like Carrie did. Corolla's all happy. Yeah. Everyone's going wild. The Magnificent Seven. (laughs) She just narrowly defeated the Tanya Hardy looking And then just like Carrie Strug, her coach picks her up and carries her. Like this this would have been, this video's from 97, so this is It's a year later. And then it sort of fades into this black and white photo in a high school trophy case. And it's just like a moment in time. Yeah. Amongst all other moments in time at this high school, this is also so true to life. Where like the high school would have this trophy case that kids just sort of walk by and like oh, yeah. don't even notice. No, they don't know the history, the importance that that went on. But it's also implying like every one of these trophies has a story. Like yes, that, that, and all of them are being dismissed, right? And not paying attention to it. It's just oh. I just love that video. That is quite odd. Yeah, I mean, it is really. I'd never seen that. I'd never seen that video. Um, uh, there's also something about Sofia Coppola that I just love. Oh, I like that. I cannot, uh, besides the fact that I like her movies, there's something about her. Like, I know she is not a good actor in Godfather oh, 3. Oh, no, she's horrible. Everybody shits on her, but I like her in that movie. I don't like her in the movie, but I understand that basically Francis Ford Coppola's like, well, when Owner Ryder's out, guess what? Yeah, You're you doing have it. to do this And now. He, she's like, uh-huh, what? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's not like she's like, Daddy, put me in a movie. Yeah. She was like, oh, I guess I have to do this because my dad told me to. And I've seen, like, she, like, I've seen her interviewed and she's got this flat voice mm-hmm. and she just doesn't exude personality. But I don't know. There's something about her I find so charismatic in her total lack of charisma. <laughs> if you know what I mean. No, I can feel you. Yeah. Like, I, I think you. because she's not putting anything on or trying to be, like, self-important she's yeah. just kind of like eh. she's like this is my life this is what i do yeah yeah I'm just like no, i can see that uh i think we have one more thing that yeah. you picked that i was very happy to see do you know this i've seen this movie <sighs> okay once maybe 10 years ago okay. not quite that long i'm glad you saw this movie because 
Well, I want to talk well, about it's this from in a specific our, it's way. From, this is a B-side for the Quincy Jones episode. Yes. Which really took me by surprise. Yes. Because I was like, what the fuck does Quincy Jones have to do with this movie? Yeah. The movie is what? Kirk? The movie is 1982's The Last American Virgin. Yeah. A cult classic teen movie from yes. the 80s. Which is, uh, in theory, it's a teen sex comedy in the vein of Fast Times or Porky's. But it doesn't get mentioned nearly as often. No, but it is not anything like that. It's way darker. It's way darker. Yeah. And I want to watch the video, talk about it, and then explain everything that happened after it. Because mm -hmm. well, well, the reason why it's Quincy Jones is it's, and I mentioned this, it's a James, James Ingram song called Just Once. Yeah. Which alone is a really sad song. Yeah. It's about a breakup. But a guy's like, I tried my best, I failed. Can I just have just once, just one night? And you'll hear it and you'll be like, wow, this is a real sad song. And it's the ending of Last American Virgin. And watching it as an ending of a movie makes it sad. And then once I explain what happened before all this, it's the most depressing thing ever. Yeah, I, I'll say I've seen the movie. I remember nothing about it. Okay, good. Because I want to... Other than it's about an awkward teen who's trying to lose his virginity. That's the pretext of the movie. It's like right. four best friends who decide to like, let's get laid for, for yeah, once. It's the plot of American Pie, but exactly. it's a way darker early It's age. way darker. And like... Because it's the early 80s, they try to do this and then they get drunk and they, they get a hooker. Yeah. And they try to have sex with them and then somehow they end up with them getting crabbed. It's sort of like sex. the halfway point between American Pie and Saturday Night Fever. Yes. It is exactly that. <laughs> yeah. It is not a happy-go-lucky movie at all. Right. And the it's ending, not a teen party movie. No. But it was perceived that way. Although Fast Times is pretty freaking dark yes, too. It at, is. At points. Definitely. But it was this was like after Porky's. And so yeah. I didn't see this in the movie theater because I was too young. It's I not a romp. No. I saw it at a friend's sleepover, like maybe 84, 85. We rented it. Mm -hmm. And we rented it with like, let's see boobs. Right. This is <laughs> going to be great. <laughs> just depressed. And we were so sad afterwards. We like yeah. just went to bed after and we were like, oh, okay. It's a real downer. I watched it when I was in my late 20s with a bunch of friends and we did a double feature where we – Chased it with Rock and Roll High School to pick oh, us back up. You would need that. Yeah. You would need that. But yeah. you probably went into it. Did you go into it knowing that it was so sad? I had a vague sense oh, that okay. it was – that the tone was like yeah. that. I didn't think it was going to be like a gross-out Porky's. Yeah, sort of. yeah. We thought it was going to be Porky's. Yeah. And there is elements in that. So this tone of this movie is all over the place. Right. I, I, I sort of remember that sensation. But I'll tell you the only specific memory I have is there's an actress – I, you've told me you've never seen Twin Peaks, right? Yes, I've not. There's an actress who plays uh, the receptionist at the sheriff station in Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. She's a blonde who has a really squeaky voice. Her name, I think her name is Kimmy something. Uh -huh. And she's in this movie as one of the teen girls where she has like sort of blonde, punky, dyed pigtails oh, and wow. braces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's got a real squeaky voice. And I thought she was so hot in this movie. <laughs> I have a thing for braces. It's it okay. just, yeah. It's a but thing. I don't know if we're going to get to see her in this. No. But literally, that's the only thing in the movie that made enough of an impression on me that seven or eight years later, I still remember okay. from it. So if there's any context I need for what's going on, you're going to need to provide it. I'm going to provide the context during, and then I'll provide post-context of making it even sadder. Okay. So this is Just Once by James Ingram. At the very, at the end of the, the last American version. Yeah, at the end Which, of the movie. 
uh, Quincy Jones produced. But he has nothing to do with the soundtrack other nothing. than that song? Okay. Just the song. I, it was one of those, they must have been, he, the song just once was maybe 1980, 1979. Okay. And I think they were like, hey, we need this song. So it's not a hit from the soundtrack or anything? Not at all. It was a hit beforehand. And then they were like, can we use the song? And Quincy's like, yeah, just the song. It's okay. Fine. Yeah. So uh, our hero comes in in a pink car. He's looking 80s good. He's really happy because he's going to see the girl that he loves at this party to give her a special, like, promise ring. I gotcha. And so he's all happy. Whatever this punk song is that they're playing at the beginning here is real up my alley. It really is. For, I thought it was Elvis Costello, but I know it's not Elvis Costello. I can see how. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. So he's going to walk into the party. Hold on. I want to start it over and Shazam it, if you don't mind. Sure, please. Because I can sort of, it does sound like Elvis Costello, and I know I'm going to say, oh, yeah, it's this. But I can't place it. It's the first episode of using Shazam. Almost a little like Joe Jackson. Yeah, Shazam is maybe it's not going to know. Shazam wow. is pretty unreliable. I know. No result. Result. Oh, fuck you, Shazam. Uh, um, find out later. Yeah. So yeah, so, he's so in, this is a party which is very much like kids being directed to party for a movie because yes. they don't hear any music. No, they're, they're going to add random, it later. Random dancing. <laughs> so our hero comes in, going, "Hey, where's I think Karen? Who's in love with?" She's a perfect like, not ugly, but not. Like he's a perfect awkward teen. Yes, this actor who plays the lead. Yes, and I've never seen him again. Yeah, and anything else. But I do know that this is this ending is him. This is kind of like '80s makeover guy. They didn't do it on purpose. He's got some moose in his hair. He's he's gained a little confidence because he's in love with this girl Karen. Right, and uh, he's looking forward to giving her this ring. And there's the Hi, '80s nerd. Listen, Victor, have you seen Karen? Oh yeah, I think I found her going in the kitchen. <laughs> With the tape glasses and everything. So he's gonna go to the kitchen because Karen's gonna be there. Light change. Oh shit! Uh-huh. Just once. She's making out. With She's making the out blonde. with his best friend. Oh no! Yes. Now just listen to the first line of Just Once. <laughs> just re- listen to this. I did my best. But I guess my, my best, best wasn't, wasn't good. And I know that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know this song. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so sad. Yeah, and yeah. so she sees him after they've been making out. Yeah. Heartbroken. We're back to being strange. I mean, I don't know if you lived this exact scene, but I lived this exact scene. <laughs> I did not, but it is pretty bad. So his best friend sees him. Yeah. Everyone's sad. Yeah. Like, oh my God, what have we done? I don't know. His best friend doesn't seem to care that much. I think it's because he can't pull the acting off. Okay. The, the this, thing, the, this kid is pulling it off yeah, very well. Yeah, he is straight up sad. Yeah. Also, this is the actress from uh, Better Off Dead. Yes, the French, the French girl. Right? Very good call. Yes. She went on to do that. She's done other... She, did yeah, other, she does a lot of roles. Yeah, yeah. Just once, can we find a way to finally make it right? Make the magic last for more than just one night. So he drives away. Oh, it's his pizza car. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so pizza, yeah. he's doing the thing that we've talked about, driving around sad and crying. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm imagining he's listening to Just Once. Okay, ready? Single tear. 
End of movie. Yeah. That's how the movie ends. Yeah. You know why? Because it's still the early 80s and it's got that 70s movie hangover. Where yes. It's like everything's fucking <laughs> bleak. Yes. Not not everything works out. It doesn't necessarily get better. Yeah. Like, you didn't fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're just like. Fades to black as he drives black, away crying. Listening to just once yeah. about how my best wasn't good enough. Because that's how it really happens. Yes. The girl that you have a crush on probably isn't going to go for you. Yes. Now. Odds are against it. Odds against it because that's how life works. Yeah. Ask James Ingram. Yeah. Here's where it gets worse. (laughs) Okay. So here's what happened all before this. Yeah. All before this, she was like – and I'm going to paraphrase some of it because I don't remember too well. But basically she was like a new girl. He fell in love with her immediately and was like, I really like this new girl. It's a new girl. Yeah. His best friend that he was making out with, that, that she was making out with, mm-hmm. he hooks up with her, uh, has sex with her. Uh, she gets pregnant. And so this is, yeah, this is sort of like fast time. Yes. That plot point. He, yeah. He, she gets pregnant and he's like, so? Yeah. Don't care. Whatever. And she freaks out. Our hero's like, I'll take care of you. She's like, I'm, I'm going to have an abortion. Yeah. So she has the abortion. He pays for it. Right. He takes care yeah, of her afterwards. Right. Yeah. They kiss. He thinks that they're in a relationship, gets her this ring, and it goes to this. Yep. That's I remember that now. If they movie. made it today, it would be called American Cup or, <laughs> or like yeah. the ultimate beta male. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an awful, sad movie. Yeah. And then just – Putting in just once at the end with it. I got to say, when we did the Quincy episode and you were like, James Ingram, I was like, oh, I don't know who he is. If you had just said in that moment, I did my best, (laughs) my best wasn't good. And I would have been like, oh, that song. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a real downer. Uh, That makes (laughs) it like, yeah, now I'm reminded of the plot of Last American Version. I was like, wow, it's even more bleak than I remember. It's way bleak. Yeah. Way bleak. And then in the middle of it. Yeah, I remember now, like, I may have even said the words to Liam when we watched this. Like, this <laughs> high school movie is the closest to actual high school experience that I've ever seen in a high school. It's like, pretty real. Yeah. Yeah. All the other stuff about getting hookers and trying to get, see, like, mood is, is the fake shit. Yeah. This is all the real shit. Yeah, the shit where the girl you fall in love with <laughs> fucks your best Doesn't friend. like you back. Doesn't matter how nice of a guy. Yeah. Is. Doesn't matter if you pay for her abortion. Right, right, right. Not that you, look. Not that you're owed that. No, I'm not saying not like the that. friend zone is some sort of bullshit. I'm not saying uh, uh, go incels or whatever. Yes, but let a guy know. But but that somehow that's how it shakes out, man. Yeah, yeah. just it's once. Not a not a Hollywood ending in this no, movie. Not at all. And just the fact that Quincy Jones is like, yeah, use just once yeah, for your ending. Yeah. That's fine. It's a good choice. Yeah. Oh boy. What else would they have used? It's the only song. <laughs> It's the only song. The, oh, the shot of him, his face, and then the first line of that song. Yeah, it's perfect. Ah, oh, what a what you said you didn't see it in the theaters, but no. what must like on opening weekend, did they market it like it was a pork? Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. Because we you would see the uh commercials on TV. Yeah. And I remember going, fuck, I want to see that. It looks hilarious. But, you know, I was 12. My yeah, friend's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, no. Right. And so it was like two, three years later where it came on video. And my friend's like, I, I rented it for us. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this this is going to be an epic sleepover. So I'm sure you had that reaction to the ending. But what must it have been like for teenagers who went to see it in the theater over yeah. the weekend? Like a, a theater full of kids. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I came to see boobs and virginity yeah. being lost. And it's also, this is the same company that made Breakin'. 
Ah. <laughs> it's the same production company you think, but they just went yeah. weird. Well, yeah. What a way to end the episode. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. But that is all for this episode of Music Raygun. Uh, our logo is by Kyla Pellucci. Bagweed did our opening theme music. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, please tell your friends about us because word of mouth is the best way to share the show. You can email comments and questions to musicraygun at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Only if you have nice things to say. Uh, I'm Paul Champanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. Until next time, see ya! Yeah.